we'll be continuing our series on finding the richness in every today. So let's welcome Charles. Ah, thank you. That's a warm welcome. I like that. Very enthusiastic. That's good. Uh, that's what I want to talk about today, that enthusiasm, that spark. We are in a sermon series called Find Richness of Life in Every Today. Doesn't that sound good? How many of you want to find richness of life every today? How many of you want to be uh, depressed and drained every today? Yeah. There we go. The winner. No. <laughs> Well, we're talking about this because Jesus said the thief comes to steal, destroy, and kill. But my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Since it was Jesus' purpose to give life in all its fullness, as a church based on Jesus, it becomes our purpose. Makes sense, yeah? That's why we are talking about this. It's not easy to do, finding fullness of life in every today. Life can easily become a struggle. I talked about that the last time I spoke, when life becomes a struggle, how hard it is to rejoice and be grateful and how to, hard, it's hard to feel like life is rich when it's struggle. That was the last topic. But, but even when things are okay, Even when things are pretty good, we have what we need. Even then, we can find ourselves in the land of the blah. And I like like calling this the land of the blah. Any of you ever find yourself in that space of feeling like just everything is just blah? I mean, you're okay. You got a roof over your head. You got a job. You know, it's all right. Life is working. You're surviving. But it's just, it's just hard to find excitement. It's hard to get up in the morning with, like, passion. You know, oh, it's a great day. Let's go and have a great day. You know, it's like, how many of you feel like I just want to lie in bed sometimes and It's rainy. I don't want to get out there. Uh, It's Monday morning. I don't want to get to work. Oh, it's another week. Has that ever happened to any of you? Yeah? The land of the blah. You know, I remember when I was a kid, how exciting life was. Do you remember when you were seven years old? And you just wake up every morning and you're just like, at 6 o'clock, you just wake up and you're just like, yeah, it's another day. And you go and bother your parents and you go up and down on the bed and you just go, yeah, it's another day. And they're like, oh, give me a break. Go back to sleep. You know, I mean, you remember, you know, when you were a kid, everything is exciting. You run across a balloon, and you just go, it's a balloon. You know, it's so exciting. I mean, what's so exciting about a balloon? I mean, it's just thin plastic with air in it. 
you know? That's the viewpoint from a middle-aged man. But when you're a kid, you know, it's just magical. Ooh, it floats. You know, it's colorful. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I thought that way. And somewhere along the line, that spark, that passion, that excitement, I don't know where it went. It's not there anymore. And I I don't know how to get it back. It's gone. You know, as the years go by and as you grow older, I mean, you get all this responsibility of adult life. You need to find a job. You need to keep a job. Or you need to find someone to marry. And you need to keep being married. (laughs) Or, Or you have a kid. And it's just magical at first. And then you have to wake up five times a night to change diaper. And it just, it becomes a, It becomes a slog. Uh, And you just have to put your head down and just go through it. And you focus on making it. In New York, you just, just, all you can think about is just making it. And and, and you lose that passion, that, that excitement for life. And personally, for me as a pastor, I have many many fulfilling moments in my life. But even for me, it's easy to take all those wonderful things for granted. And as a middle-aged man, it's not hard to kind of feel like is this all there is. You think about the years that went by and you think about the years that are left and you just think, is this all there is? What's it all about? And then you tell yourself, oh, come on, Charles. You have so many great things. Be grateful. You know, uh, there are a lot of people who who don't have a roof over their head. You need to be grateful that that you have food, you have clothing, and just, isn't that all there is? I mean, isn't that enough? Shouldn't it be enough? Well, the answer is no. 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 A human being needs more than that. Jesus said, it's not life more than food. It's not life more than clothing. What he means by that is life is more than surviving. Just having what you need to have a good enough life is not good enough. We need passion. We need purpose. We need spark to get up in the morning with a spring in our step. Who who doesn't want that? who doesn't need that? That's what I want to talk about today. How do we rediscover the spark in our life? Sounds good? So the passage we want to talk about today is the story of Abraham. Because it is a story about passion. It starts like this. The Lord has said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left 
his hometown, Haran. Now, I just want to highlight what a crazy thing Abram does here. How many of you have watched Mad Max movies? Any of them? How many of you have at least heard about Mad Max movies and know what it's about? I just want to say that at the time that Abram was living, it was the time of Mad Max. <laughs> it was a lawless time. 3,500 years ago, there, there were roving bands of raiders, tribal fights everywhere. You could get attacked at any time and robbed and killed if you left the safety of your hometown and just wandered around like Abraham does here. The chances are you'll run into some raiders and just get killed. Or if not, I mean, even like settled towns, the local authorities could just arrest you and kill you or imprison you. Why not? You could face a famine. It was just an absolutely crazy thing he does here. It's nuts. Can we agree on this? Especially for a 75 years old man. Why does he do this? What would prompt someone to do this? Well, it's because of God's promise. I will make you into a great nation. You see, Abraham did not have a child. He had everything you could want and need in life, but a child. And back then in that culture, child represented your legacy. A child to carry on your name, it meant meaning and purpose in your life. And so Abraham is willing to risk all that he has and all that he is to go after meaning and purpose in his life. He wants his life to count. He goes after purpose. And the Bible tells us this story, Abraham's story, is the model for everyone who's interested in faith. He says we must all follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had. Abraham is the father of all who believe. That there is something about what Abraham did here, leaving everything for purpose, that's central to faith. It is something that everyone must follow in the footsteps of. It's not that we all have to pack up and go to a a lawless country. (laughs) That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that even in our ordinary lives and in ordinary days, we have to somehow find a way to emulate, find a way to connect to a larger story like Abraham did. He, He said yes to God and became part of the story of God and found his purpose. We all have to follow That first step, we can't just live our lives saying, okay, it's good enough, we have food and clothing. We have to go for it. Passion and purpose is not a luxury. The hunger for it is built into the human DNA. We go bad if it's not there, that spark. We need to be able to get up in the morning with spark in our eye. That's a necessity, not luxury. Agreed? Amen? Okay, so then how do we do that? How do we find that? How do we rediscover the spark in our life? I want to tell you 
about one of the most powerful books I have read recently. It comes by way of recommendation by my wife. As with most things in my life, <laughs> just made a powerful impact on me. It's called Sleeping with Bread. It's an intriguing title. There's a story behind that title, actually. Very intriguing. And when you look at it, it kind of looks like a, a children's book, right? But I'm telling you, it is the one of the most profound books I have ever read. It's making profound impact in my life. It's written by three Jesuits. How many of you heard of Jesuits? It's part of the Catholic tradition. Very uh, serious spiritual people, Jesuits. And so it's good. It's a short book, but very powerful. And it's based on a very simple idea. That we can find our calling and our purpose in God by asking two very simple questions again and again and again every day. This is a practice that's called examine. And the two questions are, what am I grateful for? And what am I sad about? This is called consolation and desolation. What part of the day was the best part? Made me happy, lifted me up, consolation. What part of the day was the worst part? Made me sad, drained me, depressed my soul, desolation. What made me anxious? Desolation. What made me feel good, peaceful, hopeful? What spoke to my soul? Consolation. Got it? Simple, right? It sounds simple, but it is a very profound spiritual discipline. It was invented and taught by St. Ignatius. How many of you have heard of St. Ignatius? He's the founder of of the Jesuit order 500 years ago. It is the foundational spiritual discipline for all Jesuits. St. Ignatius felt this is so powerful and important. He made it a requirement for all Jesuits for every day, for all time. This is what defined Jesuit order. It is based on this insight from St. Ignatius that the living God speaks not just through the Bible, but through life experiences. The idea is that all of us were created with purpose from God, stamped into our DNA that's personalized for each and every one of us that's unique. And by listening to our life, by asking these two questions again and again, we can find our way into discovering our calling and our purpose because of the insights that will come from how we are wired. And for hundreds of years, this spiritual discipline have helped millions of Christians find their calling, find their spark. So, as a practical suggestion for this week, try examine every day this week. It's not that hard, right? 
just ask yourself, what am I happy about today and what am I sad about today? Just every day. And one way to augment this is to just imagine that you have a reservoir of emotional and spiritual happiness in your heart. Like a bucket or a tank. You know, and there is a level of your emotional and spiritual health. And it goes up and down because life throws happy things sometimes and draining things at other times, right? So there are these holes in your bucket. Those are the draining things in your life. But there's also something that's filling you up. So throughout the day, maybe maybe you're the kind of person that being in nature really restores you. That would be consolation that fills you up. It raises your reservoir. Maybe like your work environment is really stressful and your colleague is just, a, a, I mean, no, no, way other, no other way to say it. It's just a jerk. And so just interacting with your colleague just trains you. Well, that's a hole in your bucket. That's present. You know, you can ask yourself, what are my holes and what fills me up? Do you know? Do you know what fills you up and what drains you? Well, it's a good idea to find out more and more and more what happens with that. It's good to figure that out because the idea is that whenever our life is aligned with the purpose purpose of God for our lives, our souls are lifted up. And when we are far away from it, then we get trained. And that's unique to each of us. And so by listening to our life, by listening to what lifts us up and what brings us down, we can get clues into God's purpose for our lives. Makes sense, yes? That's what this is all about. The authors of the book say that at one time in their life, they noticed that whenever they heard Spanish music, their souls would be lifted up. All three of them. You know, they're just walking through the mall and the, the music you know, cha- goes from like some hip-hop to, you know, I don't know, some Spanish music. You know, Gypsy Kings or something. You know, good stuff, right? They would notice that their souls would lift up. They would just, all of a sudden, feel just unreasonably happy. They would go to a church conference, and the worship music is regular rock and roll stuff or hymns. And then they play Spanish worship music. And they would just go, oh, I just feel so happy. feels so good I'm just I'm into it now for most of us that happens that kind of stuff but we pass them by we just go oh that's happy that's good and we ignore that but for them because they were Jesuits they do examine every day so they took it seriously why is it that all three of us every time what's going on And they prayed about it, they reflected on it, and it led them to spending several several years in South America in their life. And that plays a critical part in their life story and their calling from God. Isn't that interesting? 
Now, as I practice this, I'm finding it's having a profound impact in my own life. Uh, it doesn't have to be even dramatic things as moving to South America or finding calling or purpose. It, it's just giving me a lot, of, a lot more energy, a lot more passion for life, a lot more productivity. That's good fruit, isn't it? This past week, for example, I was walking in water because I have a back problem, the disc issue, but walking in water is helpful. Sometimes I would walk in water for 30, 40, 50 minutes, you know, just walking and walking. And then all of a sudden, I began to get anxious. You know, when you're just walking in water, it's not a very stimulating environment. How many of you ever ever walked in water for like an hour? You know, I mean, it's, let me just be honest, it's one of the most boring things you could do. You're just walking and walking. And then I started, you know, your mind wanders. And I started to think about the sermon. This sermon I'm preaching right now. I started to think about it. Then I realized it's not quite ready. I'm not sure how it'll go. I don't know what will happen. And I started to get stressed. And I started to imagine, you know, preaching this sermon and you guys going, hmm, it was okay. Man, you know, sounds kind of boring and repeated and tired and irrelevant and eh. Did you know that Sunday comes around every seven days? You know, how many times can I talk about Jesus? Every seven days, talk about Jesus and make it sound fresh. I mean, this is not easy, guys, right? And so I'm just kind of getting stressed. How can I make this sound fresh? I'm talking about the same thing again. God, Jesus, you know. It's not like I can, like, change the topic, (laughs) you know. So I'm just getting more and more stressed as I imagine what would happen. And so my back's getting tighter and tighter, and so I can, I'm just feeling more and more pain. You know, down my leg, you know, it's just not good. It is, I'm walking in water to relax my muscles. The exact opposite is happening, and it's just getting worse and worse, and I'm like, oh no, this is not good. I gotta stop. I, don't stress, Charles, don't stress. Does that ever work for you? No, it doesn't work. I just can't stop. I'm just stressed out and it's just hurting more and more. Has that happened to you? Like, you know it's not helping, but you can't stop. You're just headlong going down on this bad path. You know what's going to happen, but you just can't stop. You're going down the path. And so, oh boy, what am I going to do? So I thought... Well, I'm going to talk about examine, so let me try that. I just said to God, God, I, this is really sad. This is desolation. I can't stop. I'm stressed out. My back's hurting. This is not a good moment in my life. It's a training moment in my life. This is desolation. 
And I felt God say, well, Charles, he reminded me, do you remember the last time you preached, you talked about here, this, now? Remember that? Here, this, now. Then I thought, yeah, that was a good sermon. (laughs) And that made me even more stressed because now I have to live up to the standards set by that sermon. Thanks, God, gee, you know, bring that up, you know. And then God said, Charles, you are living in there, that, then. You are pulling in into this pool, this, this possible future scenario that's really bad. You're imagining what's happening right now. You're imagining this moment back in the pool, just imagining how bad it'll be and suffering for it for no good reason. And it's really like, I mean, even if it does go really bad, why suffer double? Right? I mean, why suffer here and in the pool? That's just dumb. Right? If it's going to go bad, just limit the damage. Right? Just feel bad here. Why, like, live it again and again and again every day, you know? That was really convicting. So I took some deep breath, and I just kept saying to myself, as a prayer unto God, I just muttered, and as I'm walking, I'm just muttering, here, this, now. I'm, I'm praying to God, here, this, now. Here, this, now. And eventually, I felt this space, and I felt God's presence. I just really felt his presence come because there was this space now. And then God said to me, Charles, preaching is not performance. Preaching is not performance. What we are doing here, right here as we are gathered together, This is not a lecture. This is not about me giving you some good information and good knowledge in memorable and entertaining ways so that you remember and have good knowledge and and approve. That's not what this is. This is. This is a worship service. This is a moment where we are gathered together in the name of Jesus. Because he said, I will be there whenever you are gathered. This is a time and space to experience the living God for ourselves. To invite him to touch our lives. Because only the living God is the lasting solution to life's complex problems. Only he can truly help us. And that's what we are doing here, to experience a God moment. Amen? Good. Makes me happy. Less pressure, right? And so as I realized that, now that was a God moment. And I felt just the tension lift off. 
the stress just disappeared. I could feel my muscles just relax because I just felt this profound sense of promise from God. He said, I will be there. I will be there to touch people's lives. This is his church, and this is his ministry. And I just could feel the burdens get off, and I felt a lot better. I could just walk, walk, walk. As boring as walking in water was, I just felt so good because I felt God's presence. It became rich with meaning and joy. Because no matter what we are doing, and it could be a boring thing like walking in water or typing in numbers, if God shows up, it becomes rich. It really picked me up. And it's lasted. It's carrying me into today. We can find richness of life in every today. We don't have to go wander around in some dangerous place. We can find it even walking in water. Just have to invite God's presence, create space for it. So, listen to your life experiences. Don't just ignore it and boo through life. I'm not saying avoid anything stressful and anything draining. That would be quitting on life itself. You can't avoid getting stressful things happening in your life. What I'm saying is listen. Listen to your life. Listen to what lifts you up and what brings you down. Don't ignore them. Don't just pass by them. Pay attention. Now, for many of us, we're too busy in the moment to notice things like this. There's just things coming at us, thousand, you know, mile an hour, right? And, and so you may not have time. Well, for all of us, though, we can carve out five minutes at the end of the day. Right before we go to sleep, we can take five minutes and just ask ourselves, what was the best part of the day? What lifted me up? And what brought me down? Yeah? Can you do this this week? Just try it for one week every day. Five minutes. It's all it takes. And if you have someone to share with, you're married, that would be your spouse, that would be a perfect person to share this with. I just want you to share your consolation and desolation. That's just a great thing for marriage. If you can share what was good and what was bad about your day and pray for each other. That can do wonders for your marriage. And if you're single, take advantage of this community. If you don't have anyone to share with, go to a life group and share about what was the consolation for you this week and desolation for you this week. Sharing is very powerful because someone else may have very powerful observation and perspective about what's happening in your life. And even if there's no observation, just the act of sharing does something. It cements and gives you insight. It helps you to process. And so find someone. Take advantage of this community. So in that vein, if you've been coming for a while and you like what you are hearing, I just want to highlight that 201, our membership class, is coming up next Sunday. It happens over the first service, 945 to 1115. 
And so you can even consider it your church experience for the next eight weeks. Just come to church and take 201. And I'll be there at least half the time. And uh, it's a material that's been thought through very carefully over the years. It really explains what makes the river tick. It will help you experience this church in a richer way. How many of you have taken 201? What do you think? Pretty good, yeah? Right? Good? Bad? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but (laughs) I think it's great stuff, right? So try it. If you're interested, just, you know, you're not committing. You're just expressing your interest. Just so write on your connection card on your program, 201. We'll check the box and drop it off in the offering box on your way out. You have to tell us you're interested because we have to prepare binders and food and stuff like that. So please express your interest. That would be good. And if you're skeptical about all this, you're curious about richness of life, you're interested in this kind of stuff, but you're skeptical about Jesus, church, spirit, true stuff, does it really work? Well, we have a course called Seek, which is designed to be a safe space where you can ask questions. and seek, and and see what happens. There's a video that I want to show you starting this Tuesday. And so check it out. Check out this video. You know, as a teenager, you develop certain types of rebellion. I was no different. I recall, like, a specific incident. They said that, look, we don't think this is the right environment for you to be in. And it was at that point that I decided that, well, If religion is telling me that I'm not welcome here, what good is religion for me? That was my initial taste of church. I think Sikh was a a very good experience for someone who's been raised in an environment where they think that faith with Jesus has to be, if you do this, if you do A, B, and C, then you will go to heaven. You learn that faith is not about doing A, B, and C, but faith is about developing a relationship. I would recommend Seek to people who have any doubt about faith. Sounds good, doesn't it? So, if you are or you know anyone who is skeptical but curious, come, invite them, come with them, try it. This can really change someone's life. It really can. Because we are talking about finding richness of life in every today. Isn't that something every human being needs? You have friends, you like them? Don't you want them to have fine richness of life in every today? If there is some possibility that they can find some richness of life in a very safe environment where every question is welcome, what's the downside? Why not? I know that some people are reluctant to go to or get involved or I mean it can sound a little off but we really strive to create safe space right and so only upside I think so check it out come my final suggestion is to read the book sleeping with bread we have a whole bunch downstairs we'll sell it to you at cost and if you don't have any cash today just take it we trust you pay us at some point it's a good book to read it was so powerful that i could not read in one sitting 
And I just had to keep like putting it down because it was just hitting me so hard. It's really worth it. Check it out, okay? Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, destroy, and kill. But my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Amen? Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that your purpose is to give life in all its fullness to every single one of us here, no matter who we are, where we come from, what we believe. It's your purpose to give life in all its fullness to every human being. And that is such good news. I thank you for that. And we pray that this would not just be talk, but even this week, that you would make it a reality that we would find richness of life in every today because of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.